0: One, two, three, four. Hey y'all, this is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And today i have a new friend on the podcast her name is krista zern say hi krista Hey, y'all. and that's okay we're gonna leave that in that's <laughs> dogs <laughs> we met um on the internet we met on my facebook page you were listening to the podcast and came on to my author page and said some wonderful things and i was intrigued by your life um, we both are Going feral, going wild in our craft. And so can you, first of all, tell everybody where you are, your location?
1: Okay. I uh, am an American, but I'm living in Germany and have been for 10 years now. I'm currently living in a teepee.
0: Right. And we're going to get to the reason that you're living in a teepee, because that is the most magical, giving, sweet reason I've ever heard. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a birth doula and um, a little bit about your craft and who you are magically.
1: Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a birth doula. Actually, I'm a full service doula, just to clarify. So I, I serve women that are also going through maybe infertility or pregnancy loss of some sort, whether that's uh, termination or a, a natural miscarriage, uh, stillbirth, anything of that nature. I, I serve women throughout their reproductive years, um, but primarily birth and postpartum, which is intricately linked to my spiritual path. Uh, it has gone hand in hand for me with the desire to practice witchcraft. I think that midwifery or, or doulasing, along with things like herbalism, are probably the history of our practice as witches. Um, To me, there's not much difference between a healer and a midwife and a witch. I'm also a mom of five kids and two beautiful stepkids. And uh, I have a whole lot of animals, (laughs) a lot of chickens and dogs and cats. And uh, I live on kind of a micro farm uh, out here in rural Germany, which probably accounts for Maybe if this doesn't sound so great
0: <laughs> and and you're from North Carolina?
1: yes, I was born in New York, but I was raised in North Carolina until I was thirteen and I consider that my home base in the United States
0: and uh, I don't think it's important really unless you wanted to say what led you there because it seems like you were led by spirit to land where you are
1: uh so yes primarily i I, I lived in after leaving the United States when I was about 22 I think uh, with my husband at the time I lived in Japan for 17 years and It was a beautiful little island called Okinawa, which is a mystical wonderful Magical place but over the years it got more and more overrun with tourism and things like that and I missed the forest to be honest <laughs> and it uh, in that marriage, he didn't want to return to the United States, and I, I wasn't sure if I did either, but Europe was kind of the next best thing. I, I wanted to be around forest again, so that's kind of how we ended up here.
0: You know, just a side note, I love Okinawan uh, vegetables and varieties. In fact, I grow a certain variety of okra oh, wow. that's from there, and it's mm-hmm. It's pink and it's the best I've ever had. That's so. amazing.
1: I've never even heard of that. I mean, I know they eat okra in Okinawa, but I've never heard of the pink one. That's amazing. Do you eat goya?
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. What I find so interesting is that the vegetables and the and the, the you know, the terrain there, the the beautiful verdant things that grow there grow so well in Alabama.
1: I can imagine that's probably true. You have a very similar uh, kind of hot wet climate there in Alabama, right?
0: Yeah, we're called sub, my zone is subtropical. So I'm like the center lower on down. Um, Up north there are mountains.
1: Okinawa is as well. It's also a subtropical zone. So that definitely makes sense. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that everybody found out, and it's a wonderful segue, it really is, is that You are living in that wonderful teepee, not only with those children and not only with a partner, but your ex as well.
1: (laughs) No, so that's, that. I know that's a little (laughs) confusing, uh, but we we have a house also. Uh, So I own the house with my ex and uh, currently he and the children and my stepchildren (laughs) live in the house and then Tatiana. And her baby lived in the downstairs of the house, which is like a separate apartment. And then I own a piece of land outside, and my partner and I stay in the teepee outside. <laughs> but yes, we are we are definitely all uh, commingling every day and cohabitating. As far as I cook dinner for everyone every day, almost. Um, You know, we all eat at the same supper table, and we all hang out together, and I get all the kids up every morning to get them to school. (laughs) Yeah, it's a circus, but it works for us. We have a lot of, you know, different personalities and really strong personalities sometimes, (laughs) so it can get interesting, but somehow it really just, we all flow together. I don't know. There are a lot of very compassionate and empathetic People in my family. I, I'm really lucky.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Tatiana, so let's definitely talk about Tatiana. Tell everybody how Tatiana, this beautiful woman, came to be in your family.
1: Okay, I'd be happy to. So, uh, when the war started in Ukraine, uh, I felt really called on by spirit to to help in some way, and what I eventually thought about was, you know, how similar it is there to here living in, in Germany. I would see the photos and video from what was going on there and the, the villages really looked the same. And I could imagine what it must be like to be a woman living in Ukraine and having your whole life just fall apart suddenly because, uh, you know, a woman living in Ukraine is not very different than any woman living in, in Germany. And, and really not different than an American woman either. Uh, we're so similar. And this really hit close to home. And I could really imagine uh, what it would feel like to have my village suddenly under attack. And I wanted to be able to help out specifically by providing shelter to someone. And at first, because of, you know, the situation I just described with this house full of people and animals, uh, I didn't really know how I could do that. But at around the same time, a friend of mine bought this teepee that he had wanted to live in for some time. And he tried it out briefly and decided that teepee life just wasn't for him, <laughs> which that's, that's a very valid decision to make. <laughs> um, so he gifted us this teepee and uh, it, it's really beautiful and amazing. and. Uh, It's something luxurious, really, that I could never afford to buy on my own, but that is suitable, really, for long-term habitation. And it just occurred to my partner and I that, hey, we have this land here right next to the house. We could put the teepee on the land and uh, we could offer our apartment to uh, a Ukrainian woman and and maybe children, uh, a family. And we didn't know when that was going to happen. Uh, I joined a lot of pages on Facebook and a lot of local groups reaching out. But I knew that because of my unique family dynamic with, you know, having the ex-husband and the partner and, and some children that are queer and, and some of us are neurodivergent, uh, that this wouldn't be... Oh, and and of course, the fact that I'm a witch. <laughs> that this wouldn't necessarily be the ideal environment for just anyone. And around the same time that we were gifted the TB, uh, I was on a message board and I saw that, or on a, a group in Facebook, and I saw this post from this young woman. And she stated that she was a witch who was eight months pregnant, or maybe seven months pregnant at that point, living in Ukraine, and that she was seeking shelter in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I knew, it like hit me in the head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this person is meant to be part of your family. So yes, for me, you know, she said outright that she was a witch and that she was pregnant. And here I am, I'm also a witch and I'm a doula. <laughs> and she had stated in her post that she specifically was looking for kind of a a natural, environment and that she was hoping to have a natural childbirth. She stated that some of her interests were breath work and meditation uh, and that, you know, she was a very spiritual person and it immediately, it was like lightning struck and I just really thought, okay, so here we go. This is the right person. And I reached out to her the, you know, as soon as I read it without even consulting the rest of my family, because that's how I am. Um, and uh, she immediately, you know, at first she was like, oh, well, I haven't really thought about Germany because I don't speak German. And I said, well, you know, we live in this area of Germany where there's a military base, so there's a lot of English speakers around here. Uh and that was it. Uh, I asked some friends to help uh, arrange transport for her. And I think uh, it, it, things were a little hectic because I also had a trip to Africa scheduled for like the next week. <laughs> um, and wow. Yeah, it was crazy. But we we just did it. We you know, I went and I went and told my partner and my ex and the kids, Hey, I found this woman. And I think that she needs our help. And I think that she would really fit in here. And they were all really excited and supportive and yeah, she was here. I think two weeks after that first contact and you know, there was some tag back and forth with messaging and whatnot, but it was difficult because we both had to translate back and forth at that point she didn't speak very much english and of course i speak no ukrainian or russian unfortunately but yeah she was here two weeks later and it it was amazing
0: and how long ago was that
1: i believe that was about nine months ago now uh the baby is now almost seven months old
0: oh yes
1: and he, he is such a doll and he is really he's he's light (laughs) <laughs> he he makes us all so happy and uh you know in the beginning we tried to give her her space and didn't want to bug her too much and so she kind of kept to herself in the apartment a lot of the time but after you know we kind of all warmed up to each other and the baby was born especially uh, because I was there when the baby was born I helped her through that we had a really strong bond and, and and, you know, they're involved in my daily life all day long. It's, it's me and Tatiana and the baby at home most days. So uh, we're really close now. And
0: Yeah, I definitely want to ask her in mm-hmm. a minute how she sees witchcraft as being part of this journey, how that translates into this relationship and where you are and how it works. Right. How maybe it even sustains this new family. But first, I want to ask you that. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, so I I mean, I think it's a major part of it. I think, uh, like I said, I had trepidation about putting myself out there because, you know, I have a little bit of background uh, in the South and in the church and uh, have been in other situations in my life where it felt scary to put my my practices and my beliefs and, and really my family on display you know, or to put all of that out there. Uh, and I, I feared that even though I wanted to help someone, that maybe most of the people seeking refuge would not want to be in a home where where paganism was the religion. I didn't want to scare people, you know, or, and I I didn't want to be judged either. I mean, that that's truth. So I think the universe or the gods or the goddess really came in and gave me a really quick answer yes yes you should do this and here you go and I mean that's amazing that's serendipity
0: and that's undeniable uh, magic yeah has your magic grown with with this experience with Tatiana and your family has it grown
1: Yeah, so I I think so, absolutely, both directly and indirectly, because on the one hand, uh, I just feel so blessed to have her in my life, and we're learning a lot from each other, both in, you know, practical day-to-day stuff, but also, you know, spiritual practices and just the way we conduct ourselves and spiritual hygiene, even things like that. But maybe indirectly, living in the teepee has just blown the roof off my practice. You cannot ignore Mother Nature when you are in her all the time. I have to know what the weather is gonna be. I have to know, you know, uh, what the moon phase is. I am more in touch with nature than I've ever been. And I've had to do things like, you know, try to appease the land spirits around me because I'm moving in out there, you know? And I think one really amazing and important thing for me is that living in the T.B. where I do in this pine stand out there, I suddenly feel not like I'm the the owner of this land or this home, and all of these other creatures and whatnot are, are just encroaching on my space, but I feel like I am one of the creatures that are living on the land. So
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I have an experience much like that. So yeah, I get what you're putting down here.
1: Right, right. So it, it's totally humbling. Um, I, on the other hand, it, it, it really elevates my connection to spirit because the way I experience spirit is, is through the trees, it's through the dirt, and it's through the foxes howling and, you know, crows calling and, and all that good stuff.
0: You know, I'm writing a book about something like this, and I'm leaving a lot of details out for a rotten ale. However, there's an experience I put into this because, you know, when we first moved here to this little place, and it's only 1.29 acre, so it is very small. Mm -hmm. But when we first moved in here, what I attempted to do, and I like talking about my mistakes because I think we learn from those, and what I attempted to do was... Kind of colonize this little piece of land, you know. Um, right, right. We would, you know, and we would see rat snakes that would show up. And I had chickens, and I was like, "Well, you've got to die." I know, I know. Look, I've I've made my amends, but i and I hate saying it out loud, but I can't lie about my mistakes. And of course, you know. And we removed every single rat snake there there was. And what we noticed was the next year the copperheads moved in oh yep <laughs> Yeah, and you know the baby you know the baby ones can be food for a rat snake and right. we suddenly were dealing with something and bless them they're important too but that was a little bit more dangerous yes than, you know because we had disrupted the net what the land wants and i'm with you now on this because you know i spend my nights inside this house but In my bushcrafting, my experience, my magical craft, I've been leaving everything behind to go outside uh, in the woods and, you know, letting the trees, letting the land, letting the land spirits, letting the animals teach me things. Right. Instead of me thinking I'm going to control this experience, you know, and um, I have learned so much from owls and fox and bats. Bats are amazing um and just letting the ecology sort of settle letting listen to me but getting out of the way of ecology and and mother nature and allowing her to let me come in and become part just like you i know exactly what you're putting down there
1: right yes and you know that's that's a story i relate to about the rat snakes because yeah i learned the hard way too that nature abhors a And she's going to fill it up with something. And you might not like what it is. (laughs) And it might be worse than what you started with. You know, I battled blackberries for the longest time, cutting, you know, them all down to dirt and digging out roots and whatnot. And then, you know, had Japanese knotweed show up in the blackberries.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, what's funny is I just did that interview with Reed and he talks about Blackberry and that he learned from um, a friend of his that to remove Blackberry, you need something to immediately go in its place because yes. Blackberry is co- <laughs> covering a job that somebody wasn't willing to do. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, but go ahead. Tell me more about that, about getting out of the way of nature and what you've learned from that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's been tons, I think, of experiences like that. Uh, You know, it's a little bit apart from that, but I wanted to say, too, that a really important lesson I learned, aside from just getting out of the way, is that when you see something that uh, you feel like is a threat, like rat snakes or blackberries, and you try to undo it and you try to, you know, force your will onto it, sometimes there's a lesson in how nature responds to that. So for me, the Japanese knotweed started and I was in a panic because that stuff has roots that can go, I think, 30 feet wide or something. Like, it's insane how prolific and invasive it becomes. Oh, okay. But during my initial exploration of, like, how am I going to get rid of Japanese knotweed, uh, I learned that it's a very, very powerful um, treatment for a lot of different conditions, uh, medical conditions. And one of them was Lyme disease. And I happen to have Lyme disease this year. Oh, my. What? Yeah, that's right. Yes. yes. So I pay attention to what is showing up on my land, what animals, what plants. And I try very, very hard not to immediately make a judgment on that and decide, like Mm. you said, colonize, you know, decide, okay, this doesn't belong here. And this does because often nature is giving you a gift. There's some reason it's there. Mm. You just have to be patient and find out.
0: You know, when I was going through menopause, I went through a very rough menopause, Um, just, just horrible. And, um, primrose popped up everywhere, all, all over the land. I didn't even plant it. And I remember going, this has all got to go. It's in the way of everything I'm trying to do instead of doing the research at the time. Later on, um, and there were still primrose around, I found out that that could really help me and the situation I was in physiologically and even emotionally. Right. And and now I grow it on purpose. I'm like, hey, you know, pop up anywhere you want. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I started Getting into herbalism maybe five or six years ago, and I was lucky enough to study uh, with a German uh, traditional herbalist, a Germanic traditional herbalist. And when I started going out on these walks with him, um, at first I was really confused because his I expected this to be a traditional. You know, I'm going to tell you the Latin name of the plant, and then we're going to discuss its uses and its dangers and side effects and blah blah blah. But what actually happened was we went out on the land and he would pick something and he would ask me, What do you think of this? <laughs> and I would say, Hockey, what do you mean? I, I don't know what that is. What do you mean? And he said, you know, he would say, Well, just sit with it, sit with it for a minute. What do you think? What do you feel? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it took me a long time to to be open to that and to understand where he was coming from. But eventually I learned. That, you know, this is an older, more traditional way of getting to know plants. And it's it's almost a shamanic practice. You know, he will sit with the spirit of the plant. And so, you know, I had to get over my own preconceived notions and my own ego, really, to be able to be open to that. But I feel like it opened up a whole new world for me in terms of plants and land spirits and forest spirits plant spirits
0: you know and i think it's really useful to know the latin terms and to know the science behind it but wherever science meets magic there's something so much more uh, valuable about that lesson it just resonates deeper in us to be able to also i know that plants have personality you know they really do yeah i mean green beans are just a tenacious. <laughs> yes you know <laughs> they want to grow okay absolutely and then you've got your more tender ones that are like oh, i don't know do you really love me maybe <laughs> right you know and trees are the same way and until we can kind of drop some of that again you're right about ego very right. western concept by the way this um yeah you know i know how to control this pl-, you know that bullshit
1: oh absolutely
0: yeah. Well, we learned so much more at that moment. And so I love that you are also going wild. I know that you have to keep a job like I have to keep a job. So we are one foot in, I guess, the civilized world, uh, just to be able to be with the trees, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. And that, that's sometimes a struggle because I'm I'm really eager to leave civilization behind. <laughs> just got to get these babies grown up and then I'm gone.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Go deeper into the woods. Bye, y'all.
1: Yes. (laughs) That's where I'm going. I'm going to learn the the forest language and forget how to speak English.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good. Yummy. Okay, Okay. let's do that. Right. (laughs) Well, speaking about going further into any conversation, um, what do you think about bringing Tatiana on?
1: Oh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I can just turn off the mic and then I'll go get her.
0: That sounds great. Perfect. While Cresta is going to go get Tatiana, I want to let y'all know I'm, I'm going to leave a space for her to speak in her native language. And later on, I'm going to have a friend of mine help translate what she's saying. So... We're going to leave enough uh, room for Tatiana to be her truest self.
1: Okay, I am back and I have Tatiana.
0: Cool. Okay, so Tatiana's back with us and I wanted to ask her. So Tatiana, were you um, practicing witchcraft a long time before you left the Ukraine?
2: My first time where I uh, know magic practice. It's maybe four years ago. I have magic witch teacher. It's rune magic. Runes. 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 Yeah. Runes. Runes magic and Sephirotic tarot magic too. Wow. So you had a teacher
0: in the Ukraine,
2: yes? I'm just brief teacher. I'm uh, a yeah. teacher uh, of brave. you know? It's Brexit.
0: Halotropic. Yeah,
2: halotropic.
0: Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And can I ask you, Tatiana, can I ask you, how did your witchcraft, how did your magic help you with your transition from the Ukraine to where you are? How did it help you?
2: Oh, I understand what you say, Krista. Same, it's very important for she and for me too sometimes because we sure use many tools. Uh, but now I use only my body and my heart in my soul. Uh, sometimes I am use tarot and uh, candle. My friends make magic candle in Ukraine and send me candle and uses sometimes i like uh, mm, not natural tools it's only fire water and uh, forest mm, river it's water <laughs> <laughs> the elements Ele- yes
0: so she's also tatiana you are also a wild natural witch yes uh, yes and did it help you to have that witchcraft, that magic, did it help you when you had to come to here, to Germany? Did it help you?
2: You mean what I take with you, with uh, uh, what I take tools in um, Germany?
0: What does it mean to you today? What does it mean to you today? How does it matter to you today as a witch? How does it stay with you?
2: Ah, witchcraft now? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. On the the tarot and candle.
0: You practice today. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. And does it... Hi, doggy. (laughs) Does it help you? Does it help you? Heal you in any way?
2: Oh. What heal me? Does it heal you? Yeah. You know, I... uh... May um, connect with world with it's it's um, only meditation. I think I make very many meditation. I'm it's uh, I in meditation. I have connect with world with all people. I have many energy. It's heal me every time.
0: Okay, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. Do you want to talk about your move to Germany? In your own language, do you want to say a few sentences in Russian, maybe? I know you also speak Ukrainian, but I think I could find a translator for Russian. So do you want to say some words in Russian about your experience? Uh, I can explain
1: that. uh,
0: While we wait for them to get back situated for the interview, I do want to break in. We have a message from our sponsor, Not Life. And here it is. This is important information, you guys, and it's timely. So, from That Witch Life, hey witches, registration is now open for That Witch Life Minicon, a one-day virtual conference on April 1st. Join us from anywhere for a full day of workshops. Hillary is teaching a class on shadow magic, and Kanani is teaching a workshop on cauldron magic. Plus, a workshop by Najah Lightfoot called The Power of Inner Knowing, Beginner, Seeker, Practitioner. And a highly anticipated masterclass led by Theo Gade Parma called The Land is Our Grimoire, The Body is the Book, which will be phenomenal. And yes, there will be raffle prizes and rituals and shenanigans. <laughs> of course there will. Witches. All classes will be recorded if you can't join us on the day. You'll get all the recordings later. Register at thatwitchlife.com. Prices go up on March 6th, y'all. So don't wait. Again, register at thatwitchlife.com today. Can't wait to see you there. All right, we're going to go back to our podcast now. And I do believe we have Tatiana back with us. Ready? Ready?
1: So sorry, Uh, the baby was screaming and I had to go get him. Aww. Hey there, so sorry about that. (laughs) I tried to distract him with the donut, like a good grandma.
0: (laughs) I wasn't very good at trying to ask the right question, but I was trying to ask her if she wanted to say a few things Uh um, in her language about her experiences. Uh,
1: To have her say something?
0: Yeah, so she doesn't have to speak in broken English so she can just say what she wants. Oh, yeah.
1: The question is how long it will take her to get the baby settled now. Um,
0: Okay, well, let's move on for a a few minutes and we can check back in with her. Does that sound good? Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so while we are waiting for Miss Tatiana to finish breastfeeding her baby, (laughs) (laughs) we are going to move on because that's more important than this podcast.
1: It's true. Babies don't wait.
0: They don't, so... I wanted to ask you, because you have children there and I know you're a practicing witch, so how important do you think it is to expose or teach, you know, our children the craft or do you think it is? Do you think that they just absorb as they go? What do you think? So I
1: think that's a really interesting question. Um, I am kind of middle of the road about it, I would say. So at a young age, I think all of my kids were exposed to my practices and my beliefs, uh, especially, I mean, many of my beliefs are just about nature. <laughs> so yeah, they were fully immersed in all of that from birth. We had the kids out hiking and camping and uh, interacting with animals and all that good stuff. Uh, inside the home, we did have like, a nature altar, and they, they know that I have like an ancestor altar. And they, they, you know, when I still had the apartment, I had a, a working altar. Um, now I don't use any of those things anymore, but they were exposed to all of that uh, along the way. Um, some of my kids have kind of at some point rejected some of my beliefs and and
2: then eventually kind of
1: circled back around to them. <laughs> It seems like they all end up embracing it thus far Um, and I do you know I I teach them little little things really like you always sweep your house from the back of the house toward the door because you want to sweep that bad stuff right out the door Um, when you stir your food you stir counterclockwise because you're trying to uh, increase the health and well-being of your loved ones you know, don't cook angry. Things like that. All, <laughs> you know, all my kids know those things, for sure. And I think sometimes they think I'm wacky and loony. I, you know, make a, a winter tonic-type stew every year. And this year, I wrote some intentions or some wishes for the family on the bay leaves that I put in the stew. <laughs> and my son, who is 17 and very scientific-minded and very, very bright boy, happened to get one of the bay leaves in his his bowl of stew (laughs) and and (laughs) he thought that was the most ridiculous and hilarious thing he had ever heard of but you know the same kid will talk to you about physics and uh, reality the nature of reality and perception and all of those things and You know, I kind of know from experience with the older kids that that is often its own pathway to magic. So, I don't know, I think my kids are all really unique and different, and I think exposing them to it kind of passively, I guess, is, I think, a positive thing. Uh, It gives them the option of having that tradition to lean on, if they want it. but. You know, I, I believe in freedom of choice, and it would never hurt my feelings if, if my children decided they were atheists or or Episcopalians or whatever, as long as, uh, you know, they, they respected my rights to believe what I believe.
0: Yeah, you know, when my kids were young, I let the same thing happen. I didn't hide who I was, but at the same time, I didn't um, force anything on them, mm-hmm. you know. So I, at one point, and it was a long time ago, at least 20 years ago, I had a little boy who went to Sunday school. I dropped him off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, it's one of those little kids, Sunday schools where they, you know, they draw things and he learned how to pray there. And I had another child who was a Buddhist and then I had an agnostic. So I had all these different kinds of kids that were just exploring religion and spirituality, depending on which word you're more comfortable with. Right. And um, the little one that was a Christian ended up becoming a witch when he was 15. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but then today he's very comfortable calling himself more of a Christopagan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the agnostic has leaned extraordinarily pagan. So, you know. I think what happened to me growing up in the deep south was what happened to a lot of folks. We were uh, indoctrinated kind of early um to, you know, Baptist or Methodist Christianity. Right. Um or you know, and or not giving a you know, given a choice at all and I rebelled hard against that, but I also feel let me find my words. I also felt that when I had children, I wasn't going to keep them from exploring that. For sure. If that's what they wanted to do, you know? It's really? hard. It's hard to be a witch and watch your kid want to go to church. It's difficult.
1: Oh, I, I can imagine. Absolutely. Uh, I have never had a... None of my children has uh, desired to explore Christianity um thus far.
0: Yeah. But yeah thus really far right that yeah. would,
1: especially when you have religious trauma i think that it make it, mm-hmm. it would make it more difficult for sure and i think that it would be a struggle for me if uh you know we have a joke around here that The kids can't do anything that will ever disappoint me, unless they become like a conservative Republican (laughs) (laughs) Christian.
0: Yeah, and it's a joke.
1: It's it's just a joke. But if my if any of I think if any of my children started having beliefs that that infringed on the rights of others, then I really would I would be hurt. I would feel that you know something must have gone awry. I must not have communicated something effectively um on the other hand i didn't want to indoctrinate them either you know Mm, yeah Uh, so i wanted them to be free to to be able to explore religion or or not my parents i think they they did get that right really uh my parents are not religious my dad is an atheist and my mom is maybe a agnostic or I don't know, (laughs) I really don't know, but, uh, you know, there wasn't religious instruction in our house and there was no uh, pressure on me to conform to any kind of dogma, but I was a highly spiritual person from a very young age, and so I took myself to the Southern Baptist Church at 11 years old.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: And I got baptized and all that good stuff. And that's really where my, um, you know, I searched for God for many years. Really, really. Um, I was very serious about my search. So, and I'm sure my parents were shocked and probably kind of horrified, too. <laughs> and that phase of my life didn't last very long because uh, one thing I think that's that has remained true since then is that I can't stand unfairness or or hypocrisy, and I saw those yeah. things unfortunately pretty quickly in in the church I was attending. So, yeah, my early years certainly involved jumping around to a lot of different faiths and philosophies and paths.
0: So, what is the climate there, though, Krista? What is the climate there? The um. Religious climate, if you will. What is it like there to be a witch in Germany? So
1: it's really strange because uh, Germany is, you know, kind of officially, unofficially a Catholic nation. Uh, we still have things like all the stores are closed on Sunday. And when you register for taxes, you have to write on your forms. What church you belong to, or if you belong to a church. And then, if you do belong to a church, they take 10% of your money right out in your taxes what? to give to the church. Yes. If you indicate on your tax forms that you are a yeah. uh, Catholic or a Protestant, it can be one or the other, uh, they will automatically deduct 10% of your income to tithe to the church. So
0: what is the purpose?
1: Well, honestly, I mean, I think it comes down to a lot of what the church, especially the Catholic church, maybe. Sorry, I hope I'm not like offending everyone on earth here.
0: (laughs) You're not. It's a witch podcast.
1: (laughs) Right. It's about money, I think. It's about, yeah, I mean, the government and the church are uh, intertwined in a lot of ways where the money is. Um, it, but it's really odd because socially, the interesting thing is that even though the government is that involved with Christianity, uh, socially there are not too many Germans that are, you know, adamant about their beliefs. There, there's nothing like, uh, you know, there, there's not no one pushing religion on you, and it's not very talked about. And a lot of the social beliefs are more progressive and liberal. So it's very strange. It's a very strange kind of interaction between it being like this old holdover on the side of the state. But socially, the people seem to have rejected it for the most part.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm hearing that we're having a few connectivity issues, but I want to make sure I get this in. Is there anything that you want to say to uh, witches in America, in the U.S.? About what we can do, magically speaking, to help Ukrainians at this time, refugees or not, you know, what can we do? Because you're in the trenches over there. Is there something you want to say about that?
1: So I think that it is important just to remember Ukraine, remember that it's still going on. Uh, I think as Americans with this 24 hour news cycle, we're in the habit of forgetting these current events uh, that are far away from us, a couple weeks or months after they happen. But for Ukraine, uh, it's still very much reality. There, you know, and it's getting worse in a lot of ways. There's still people trapped there, still families trapped there. So keep it in your mind uh, and keep it in your heart and your soul. Send intent, light your candles, say your prayers, make your offerings, pray for Ukraine. I know that's become, you know, thoughts and prayers. We think that, or it's such a trite thing to say because of how it's been overused and how people use it as an excuse not to do anything concrete. But in this case, there are no easy answers. And aside from giving of your time or money, I think the most important thing you can do is to keep Ukraine present in your practice, in your thoughts and in your mind and to recognize that, It's not over. It's still going on and they still need us.
0: That's beautiful, by the way. You know, I want (sighs) to get her back in here and, yeah, and have her uh, say a few things. The worst thing I can imagine is that this, the recording doesn't grab it, but we can try. Okay, everyone, we did get Tatiana back and here is the break in on that. We lost a little bit because, well, we're doing this from a very long distance, and we did the best we could. So here she is.
2: we not good to um, speak, and uh, uh, really I not understand what I do in Ukraine because my country not helps me too, and uh, it's very lucky like what I do. Now I live with Krista and Germany helps me and Krista helps me. Really. It's really my family. I, I, yeah. I know um, next time I need to go. And uh, and sometimes I don't know one of these because it's really my family. Yes.
1: <laughs> I agree. Yeah.
0: Do you want to say in your own language? Yeah. Do you want to speak in your language? Uh, I
2: think, no, you understand me?
0: Yes, I do understand you. It's beautiful.
2: Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm very uh, happy why I speak uh, English, because it's uh, very important for me.
0: So moving here with Krista, it was important
2: that she was witch too. What do you mean important for me? Yeah. So where I... Uh, find a new house Uh, really I know it's very lucky because she reach and she doula yes it's English doula because it's very important for me what she doula Uh, because uh, where I wanna uh, give birth where I wait baby I wanna give birth in home it's not real in my country where, I'm, where i live because it's very little village in hospital it's very terrible seriously and people not understand me what i say you, you just so you wanna give birth in home it's uh, what what you wanna more maybe they say me uh, you may be a different planet I think, yes, it's true. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, I say, oh my God, it's very lucky because, and she's family speak English, you know. I think uh, it's very because I I wanna teach English. I now teach English and she helps me give birth and uh, helps me um, know what natural magic. And uh, I don't know. It's it's really like I'm like a person. I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. How do you say "um" "uh" "nice to meet you"?
2: Uh, what?
0: In English, we say "blessed be." And so, how would I say that in your language? In Ukrainian,
2: actually, it's uh, maybe different questions. In in you mean all what we. Say.
0: Yeah, how do you say blessings? Blessings. Oh, I
2: know that.
0: You want me to listen and ask her?
2: Uh,
0: yes, yes. Asking her how we would say blessed be or how to give blessings. Ah, okay. In her, her language.
1: Okay, yes. So, witches and in America, we say blessed be. You know, blessings. Ah, it's a group,
2: yeah? No, not a group. Ah. Blessing ah
1: so witches say this to
2: each ah, other oh it's ritual yeah what you say where you will reach ah, yes she, yes she asked me she asked you what you say in russian it's uh, mm, happening not russian i live in ukraine and uh, my witch teacher and uh, live lives in ukraine I'm studied. Um, i believe in Kharkiv. I'm studied uh, magic with him, maybe three years. And later he make for me and for my uh, who studied with me. It's one boy. Yeah, it's only two two people. And we go in uh, river. Uh, and uh, my teacher make me for me and for this boy, a uh, special ritual. Um... Well, she's not asking about how to do the blessing. She Okay,
1: so American witches, when we see each other, when two witches meet, then we say to each other before we go, blessed be. It's like, uh, have a nice day, or many blessings, or I hope you are well. It's something you say. Oh, is uh, there something
2: like this that people uh, say in America, America, it's special hot. Hey, it just for witches. Yes. What, oh, not oh you don't have anything like yeah. this. Okay. I see. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she would like to hear about this ritual. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, sounds interesting. interesting.
2: I
0: wanted to tell you, Tatiana, that I really love your story. And I'm so happy that you found a family. And that your baby is also part of that family. And I hope that everything continues to be magical for you.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I feel you very strong and nice woman.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And I appreciate it very much. Let me talk to Krista. But yes, uh, goodbye and good day.
2: (laughs) Okay. Goodbye. I'm sure you podcast and uh, learn. English. <laughs> <He studied> English. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I only know one language, so you're doing better than me. Seba said
1: that you're doing better than her because she only speaks one language. Uh, what? You, uh, you know more language than Seba. Ah, uh, yeah, than me too. <laughs> <laughs> Many Americans, unfortunately, only speak one. It's language.
2: not bad because American English, it's yeah. know all world. Yeah. It's world language. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so we're going to try to piece together something else from Tatiana. We'll see about that. But I think we're all honored that she wanted to talk about her craft today with us. And uh, what Krista said was extraordinarily important. If you can't do anything else, if you don't have the money, if there's not a lot of way for you to travel, you can still, as a witch, hold the Ukraine in your heart and in your practice and keep that alive, because they're not done. And so as witches, we're not done. Right, Cresta?
1: Absolutely. Just holding space for our sisters and brothers is really, really important. And I mean that, you know, magically too.
0: That's the most power we have. Yes. It was wonderful to have you on the podcast today. And I know that you're in the middle of that TP recording this. And
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. It's a massive honor for me. I've been a major, major fan since I think the first episode. Uh, my partner introduced me to your your show right when it came out, and uh, it's really for me. It's it's like a little bit of home uh, every every time. But the nice parts of home,
0: <laughs> the southern witchery.
1: Thank you for putting that out into the universe and letting us uh, get a glimpse into your magic and to share in your energy. That's a lot of work and a a lot of good stuff you're putting out. And I'm grateful.
0: I'm grateful for you, too, though. I'm grateful because I feel like when I sell my barbaric yawp over the hilltops, it's wild that you could hear me in Germany. So (laughs) blessed be, sister. Blessed be to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to let you go.
1: All right, take care.
0: Okay, y'all, we're going to go ahead and include Tatiana's statement. She sent it to me as a vocal recording, and I really feel like this ought to be included. I think it's only fair to hear her authentic, gorgeous voice. So I hope you do stick around, because what's to follow? Is Tatiana speaking in her own voice and her own language? And then afterward, I'm going to translate that for you. I think she's worth it. And I'm just so honored to have this wonderful Ukrainian witch on this podcast. So here we go.
2: инструментах для магии, которые я использую, как я к этому пришла, и начну немного издалека, потому что это такая философская тема, на которую можно говорить в принципе вечно. 16 лет назад я начала изучать много различных эзотерических практик, психологию, Научные исследования, НЛП, религиозные учения. И вот пять лет назад я познакомилась с магией. И я поняла, что всё это просто различные пути, которые ведут к одному и тому же. не ведут к счастью. к тому, что называют древние учения философским камнем, бессмертием, сплошным сознанием, к исполнению своей миссии и к изобилию. Каким образом? Даже я пришла к я уверена, я пришла к тому выводу, я уверена, что каждый человек может делать магию. Почему? Потому что он является частью магии, он принадлежит магии. Это нам говорят эзотерические учения. Религиозные направления говорят нам, что Бог внутри нас. Бог — это и есть та волшебная часть, которая есть внутри нас. Это наша природа. Это то, что сложно увидеть, но это можно почувствовать, это можно увидеть в других измерениях, не в том реалистичном мире, в котором мы привыкли жить. Это нельзя пощупать, это можно только почувствовать. И мне всегда было лень использовать, в принципе, всякие артефакты, что-то там делать. И я испытала огромнейшее облегчение, когда где-то ну где-то два года назад я осознанно пришла к тому, что мне это все реально не нужно. Все, что мне надо для того, чтобы творить магию, это я, это мое тело, это мои мысли, это мое сердце. Тело является сосудом, тело является важным инструментом для того, чтобы делать магию, оно как проводник энергии, и телом важно заниматься. Вот почему мне зашли телесно-дыхательные практики, и почему я стала вообще преподавать это все, потому что Сейчас вот я занимаюсь йогой тоже, потому что это все освобождает от накопленной энергетики, вот от блоков о том, о чем говорит НЛП, психология. И когда мы освобождаем наше тело, когда оно вот реально работает как проводник, через нас проходит планетарная энергия, через нас проходит божественная энергия, вселенская энергия, как угодно это можно называть. И мы можем её направлять в различные сферы нашей жизни и создавать там магию, да? получать то, что мы хотим, быть счастливыми. Вот, кстати, по поводу... И эмоции — это тоже как бы доказанный факт, что ты, когда находишься на низко, на низкочастотных да, энергиях, это злость, это раздражение, там зависть, депрессия, вот это вот всё то, что угнетает, это всё не даёт вам проводить энергию, вы застряёте в моменты. Это, да, нужные эмоции, но это всего лишь как бы маяки, которые вам показывают, что с вами, куда вам идти как бы предупреждают вас свои образы такие инстинкты эмоциональные. Когда вы находитесь в высоковибрационном состоянии, о том, что сейчас тоже каждый третий говорит да, что вот планета нас планета очищается, да, вот эти вот ковиды, войны и так далее, они очищают планету земля от низкочастотных людей, потому что сама планета набрала высокую вибрацию, и просто люди как бы не выдерживают, можно сказать, тела не выдерживают находиться здесь, на планете Земля. И, находясь, вернёмся к состоянию вот этого счастья, изобилия, к наполненности, когда у вас тело свободно пропускает энергию, когда сила вашей мысли велика, это тоже зависит от того, о чём вы думаете каждый день, где вы находитесь. да? Вот Можно быть счастливым только в настоящем моменте. Если вы где-то в прошлом, где-то в будущем постоянно, то ваше сознание рассеяно, вы не находитесь здесь и сейчас, вы не осознаны, в принципе, вы гуляете где-то там по-бессознательному, нарабатывая вот эту силу мысли, силу осознанности, находясь в настоящем моменте, очищая свое тело от э, э, лишних энергий, да, вы становитесь э, э, ячейкой для магии, как ну как бы, да, планет, планет э, ячейкой общества. То есть каждый человек может быть таким такой магической ячейкой и Тогда, блин, можно творить такие вещи, вы понимаете, что будет происходить в ближайшее время, уже происходит, да, многие люди просыпаются, многие люди становятся осознанными, мы открываем своё сердце другим людям, вот эти вот беды, там, ковид, война в Украине открывают наше сердце сейчас ещё больше, и... И, а, боже мой, это будет невероятно! Я очень хочу в этом по- по- поучаствовать. Чем дальше мы идем в развитии энергетическом, тем в развитии нашей души под, становимся частью, как вот блин, в блин фильме Аватар. Вы помните этот момент, кто смотрел, вот там, где они подключаются Кейла, да? и совершают вот такое общие ритуалы. Это вот оно и есть, да? Когда вы живете с э, в мире своей, со своей природой, с окружающим миром, вы начинаете творить магию. И вам не надо ничего для того, чтобы это делать. Да, можно пользоваться дополнительно местами силы, особенно для каких-то больших ритуалов, для сильных тяжелых жизненных ситуаций или для того для какого-то большого эгрегора. Но по сути вам не надо ничего, кроме вас самих, и вернемся к моим практикам, что я делаю? Я просто сажусь в, медитати- в медитацию, то есть это поза лотоса, это вот э, прямая спина, да, когда у меня макушка идет вверх, подключаясь к кос- космической энергии. Когда у меня ноги э, подключаются, э, нижняя чакра э, э, направлена вниз к планетарной энергии, то есть я являюсь таким э, проводником, я сижу просто, э, использую дополнительно медитативную музыку, закрываю глаза и все, что я делаю, это думаю визуализирую, я прокручиваю у себя в голове кино, которое я хочу, то есть направляя свой фокус внимания туда, куда я хочу, изменяя э, вариации происходящего, которые мне нужны. Э, и, и всё как бы 5-10 минут такой магии, и я получаю реально то, что хочу. Это каждый раз вырабатывает. И чем больше я это практикую, тем больше я понимаю, что все настолько просто, что магию может использовать каждый, потому что это человеческая натура, это человеческая природа. И я желаю просто каждому открыть в себе эту магию. И вернемся к тому, что я еще использую. Иногда я использую дополнительные свечи, ну, и естественные элементы, да, свечи, воду, землю. Я люблю ходить босиком. А, чувствовать ветер – это тоже, можно сказать, набирать в себя дополнительную силу. И все, больше мне ничего не надо. Я могу пылесосить просто и... Создавать э, э, то, что я хочу. И еще уточню один такой момент про миссию. Когда человек находится в вот этом состоянии счастья, когда он э, является чистым проводником энергии, когда он подключен к, к общей энергетической системе, он может исполнять свою миссию. Вот я сейчас нахожусь, только нахожусь на, своей, на, на своем пути к исполнению миссии. Это что такое миссия вообще, да? Это можно говорить про кармические предназначения, допустим, да. У меня это нести эстетику в этот мир и делиться знаниями. Я могу доставать любые знания, вот такая вот у меня суперспособность. И поэтому я занимаюсь коучингом и создаю сейчас магические вещи и хочу распространять это в мир, и распространяю уже в принципе, и это как раз даст мне исполнять мою миссию, но я не могла исполнять ее качественно до того, пока я не проработала вот эти моменты в силу своего сознания, в силу своей мысли, своей воли, свое тело. И не открыла сердце. Вот когда я это все сделала, теперь я могу исполнять свою миссию. То есть я энергетически наполнена, я чиста, я проводник. По судьбы, каждая ведьмочка э, часто себя называет медиумом, потому что мы, ведьмочки, умеем это делать. И э, то есть, э, есть люди, просто у которых, в принципе, изначально, вот как у меня, да, есть предназначение нести знания в этот мир, и эти люди часто называют себя ведьмами, так складываются обстоятельства, но по сути это может каждый человек делать, просто у ведьмочек есть особенные качества к этому всему, мы не только для себя это делаем, нам нужно нести это в мир, исполнять свою миссию, исполнять свое предназначение, и как бы все... Вот вам э, бессмертие, вот вам философский камень, вот вам счастье. Когда э, э, ты начинаешь исполнять свою миссию качественно, с, то у вас у тебя нет никаких препятствий, у тебя налажен процесс энергообмена, ты можешь делиться с другими вот этой энергией, которую ты можешь направлять в свои сферы, можешь делиться с, э, э, этим с другими. И, соответственно, когда меняешься ты, ты работаешь с собой, твое окружение автоматически меняется. Тут как бы не надо даже смотреть туда. Я вот, допустим, никогда не работаю с ситуациями какими-то внешними, я в основном работаю с собой. И кажется, на этом все. То, что я хотела сказать. Реально, каждому желаю найти в себе вот эту часть магии, Каждой ведьмочке желаю, э, во-первых, проявляться хорошо и э, осуществлять свою миссию, и... Класс! Вы знаете, чувствую такое пространство, которое образуется из э, медиумов, и хочется дальше оставаться в этом э, окружении, хотя я еще... э, Как это? Не могу с каждым с вами познакомиться, но я надеюсь, буду оставаться в этом. То есть Сева пригласила меня на интервью через Кристу. И получается, я приобрела еще одно окружение, даже вот в качестве Себы ведьм, ведьмочки, да, еще одно. И я этому реально очень рада. То есть Я реально очень рада, что вы сейчас слушаете это. И я нахожусь в вашем окружении. Девочки, мальчики, я думаю, что ведьмаки тоже здесь есть. Желаю каждому развивать свою силу внутреннюю и не пользоваться, не опираться, точнее, не опираться на внешние какие-то места силы и артефакты.
0: I just want to thank Tatiana for that because it was really important to me that she be able to be her most authentic self. Now, I've had a friend of mine, a friend of mine who grew up in Russia, and since this was mostly in Russian, which Tatiana did for us so that it would be easier for us to translate, as I don't have a Ukrainian friend living here, (laughs) And I'm going to leave the name of my friend out, but you know who you are, and I love you so much, and thank you for doing this, for both me, Tatiana, and Krista. Okay, ready, everyone? I realize this is long, but it's worth every minute. These are her words. I want to talk in more detail about the tools for magic that I use, how I came to it. I'll start a little from afar because it's a philosophic topic that one can discuss forever. Sixteen years ago, I began to study many different esoteric practices psychology, scientific studies, NLP, religious studies, and five years ago, I became acquainted with magic. And I realized that all of these are simply different paths that lead to the same place. They lead to happiness, to what the ancient teachings call the philosophy stone, to immortality, total consciousness, fulfilling one's mission, and to abundance. In what way? Well, I came to a conclusion, and I'm sure of it, that every person can do magic. Why? Because one is part of magic. One belongs to magic. This is what esoteric studies tell us. Religious studies tell us that God is inside us. God is that magical part inside us. It is nature. It is what is difficult to see, but possible to feel. It is possible to see it in other dimensions, not in the realistic world which we are used to. Yes, it's impossible to touch it. It's only possible to feel it. And I was always too lazy to use various artifacts, do something like that. And I felt a great relief when about two years ago, I realized that I really do not need all that. All I need to do magic is myself. It is my body. It is my thoughts. It is my heart. The body is a vessel. The body is an important tool for doing magic. It is like a conduit of energy and one must work on the body. Why did I get so taken by body breath practices Why did I start to teach all this even, and now I'm also doing yoga, because all of it frees one from the accumulated energy, from the blocks, what NLP and psychology are talking about. And when we free our body, when it really works as a conduit, the planetary energy passes through us. The divine energy passes through us. The energy of the universe passes through us. We can call it by different names. And we can direct it into various spheres of our life and create magic there. Achieve what we want. Be happy. By the way, speaking about emotions, it is a proven fact that when you are on the low vibrations, it's anger, envy, depression, everything that oppresses. All of it doesn't let you channel the energy. You get stuck in the moment. Yes, these emotions are necessary. But they are but lighthouses that show you what's happening with you, show you where to go, warn you. It's emotional instincts. When you are in a high vibrational state, every third person talks about it now, that the planet cleanses itself. COVIDs, wars cleanses the planet because the planet itself has achieved a high vibration and people simply are not able to endure Bodies are not able to endure staying here on the planet Earth. And let come back being in the state of happiness, abundance, fullness, when your body allows the energy to pass through freely, when the power of your thought is great. This also depends on what you think about every day, where you are. It's possible to be happy only in the present moment. If you are constantly somewhere in the past or future, your consciousness is scattered. You are not here now. You are not aware. You are wandering around in the unconscious. Developing the strength of thought, strength of awareness, staying in the present moment, cleansing your body from superfluous energies, yes? You become a cell for magic. A cell of society. Every person can be such a magic cell. Then darn, one can do such things. Do you understand what is going to happen in the nearest future? It is already happening. Many people are awakening. Many people are becoming aware. We open our hearts to other people. These troubles, like COVID and the war in Ukraine, open up our heart now even more. And it will be incredible. I really want to participate in this. The farther we go in our energetic development, development of our soul, the more we become a part of, Like in the film Avatar, if you've seen it, remember how they connect into Iwa, I don't know how to pronounce that, you guys, I'm sorry, and do a common ritual. That's exactly it. When you live in peace with your nature, with outside world, you start to create magic and you don't need anything else to do it. Yes, one can make use of the places of power for some big rituals for strong, difficult life situations. Or for some larger egregore. In essence, you don't need anything but yourself. And let's come back to my practices. What do I do? I simply sit down in meditation and lotus pose. Straight back. My crown is upward. Connecting to cosmic energy. My legs are connecting. Lower chakra is directed downward. That is when I become a conduit. I just sit. Additionally, I use meditative music close my eyes, and all I'm doing is thinking, visualizing, I'm rolling the film I want in my head. That is focusing my attention on what I want, changing the variations of what's happening to what I need. And that's it. Five, ten minutes of such magic, and I get what I want. It works every time. And the more I practice it, the more I understand that it's so simple that everyone can use magic because it's human nature. And I wish everyone to discover this magic within themselves. And what else do I use? I use additionally candles, natural elements. Yes, candles, water, earth. I like to walk barefoot. And to feel the wind is also, one may say, to take in additional power. That's all. I don't need anything else. I may be simply vacuuming and creating what I want. And I want to clarify one more point about the mission. When a person is in this state of happiness, when he, she uses he pronouns throughout this part, is a conduit of energy, when he is connected into the common energetic system, he can be fulfilling his mission. I am now only moving on my path toward my mission. And then the translator says here, because I guess it doesn't translate well, she means she hasn't fulfilled it yet. What is a mission? We can talk, for example, about karmic purpose. For me, for example, is to bring beauty into this world and share knowledge. I can access any knowledge. That's my superpower. (laughs) And that's why I do coaching and I create magic things and I want to spread it in the world. And I'm already spreading it in principle. This is what will allow me to fulfill my mission, but I could not fulfill it properly until I worked through these points. The power of my consciousness the power of my thought, of my will, and until I opened my heart. When I've done all this, now I can be fulfilling my mission. That is, I'm energetically full. I'm pure. I'm a conduit. Each little witch often calls herself a medium because we, little witches, know how to do that. It's just some people who are like me, have a primary purpose to bring knowledge into this world, and these people often call themselves witches because of the circumstances. But in essence, any person can do it. Just a person is sure there needs to be special abilities, and then the translator has a note for us. This last sentence is confusing to me, but that's but that's how Tatiana said it. Okay, we're going to go on. We don't do that only for ourselves. We need to bring it into the world to be fulfilling our mission, to be fulfilling our purpose. And that's about it. Here is immortality for you. Here is Philosopher's Stone for you. Here is happiness for you. When you start fulfilling your mission properly, when you don't have any obstacles, you have a regulated process of the energetic exchange, then you can share this energy that you can direct to your own areas. You can share it with others. And respectively, when you are changing, when you are working on yourself, your surroundings automatically change. There is no need to even look here. When I work on an external situation, I mostly work on myself. And it seems this is all I wanted to say. Really, I wish everyone to find in oneself that magical part. I wish every little witch first to show up well and fulfill her mission and awesome you know I feel the space of mediums that's being created and I want to say in this environment though I can't yet meet each of you but I'm hoping to say this Seba invited me to an interview through Krista and it turns out that I have acquired a new environment as another little witch Seba (laughs) and I'm very happy for it I'm really happy that you are listening to this now and I'm in your environment. Girls, boys, I think there are male witches here too. I wish each of you to develop your inner strength and not to use, no, more precisely, not to lean upon external places of power and artifacts. And that's it. I'm sure that the translation wasn't seamless. However, I think her message comes through. And I think it's gorgeous. Yes, Tatiana, there is magic in all of us. Thank you for being on the podcast. Blessed be and bless Ukraine. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.